Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Productivity Podcast. So today we are going to dive in and talk about sales with soul and helping us is Jen with Becoming Iconic. Jen, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So obviously we'll have all of her information in the show notes so that you can dive in and learn more, but why don't you dive in and just kind of give us your journey and your background and kind of how you got to where you're at. Sure. So I've been in sales since as long as I can remember. Um, I I think I was created to be someone <laughs> who supports women and also starts to give a beautiful light onto sales, which a lot of people associate with, you know, sort of that hounding, hard selling, the icky feeling that can come along with sales. So I am happy to be an example of the way it gets to be where it's soul led. But just comes through years and years of experience. I also have a marketing background. So prior to kids, I had an incredible marketing career. I loved it. And it really did build a foundation for entrepreneurship. I decided to flip into entrepreneurship once I had my second child because I felt as a woman that I was in this place of having to choose um, only because I had never been given the permission, nor did I have an example of a woman who was holding it all. So I kind of felt like I'm either going to climb the corporate ladder and lose out on being a mom, or I'm going to choose being a mom and come back to my personal goals eventually. I I felt like that was the choice. And so I made the choice to stay at home with the kids and entrepreneurship sort of fell on my lap as an idea. I didn't have anybody to look and sort of guide me along the journey. I, I, I never really thought of entrepreneurship, but because I was so desperate to do something for myself, because being home with the kids full-time, although it's precious and I've been home with them ever since, it wasn't the all to me. It wasn't what I was created to do exclusively. And so I really missed a piece of myself. So entrepreneurship fit that because what it taught me is I could have the best of both worlds. I can be present and be an exceptional mom and also really fully develop the person I am today. And so that 17 years you know, has passed and here I am and I've been building babies and businesses now for the last 17 years. I now have four kids and six different streams of income, multi-seven-figure businesses, and it has been messy but beautiful. (laughs) And so I love to support women now and teaching them to eradicate this idea of sacrificial living that we actually can do everything really well. And we have capacity that's beyond our wildest expectations. It's just a matter of being willing to, to dance with that and see, see what we're made of. Oh my gosh. You hit on so many good things. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Falling into entrepreneurship, right? I feel like so many people like accidentally became entrepreneurs. I accidentally became an entrepreneur. Um, And it does, it helps you to kind of have that more of a balance between home and and business because um, it is messy. It's very, very messy, but it can be really, really amazing if you put a lot of routines in place and you know have systems and all that good stuff, which is a lot of stuff we talk about. But all the systems in the world are not going to help you have more clients. You have to have sales and you have to do sales, right? And I think you touched on a really good thing there is that it's I think it's very much, especially with women entrepreneurs, this like icky, like scary topic to talk about. Mm-hmm. But the the end of it is, is sales are the lifeblood of a business. And if you are going to make money to support your family, you have to do sales, right? So I'm excited to kind of dive in. And would you just kind of like define like sales with soul and how you feel like that helps to create wait lists and lifelong customers versus doing this like icky bro marketing, gross mm-hmm. sales stuff? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And so one of the things I think is important to to notice is a lot of us 
fear going all in in our businesses or potentially starting a business because of the idea of sales. And it's probably one of the number one, if not time, time and money seem to be like the top two reasons, or I'm going to use this boldly excuses for not stepping into the very things we desire to do. The the close third is the sales. I don't want to be a sleazy salesperson. I don't want to turn people off. I don't want to ruin my relationships. Um, You know, I'm just not good at sales. So those things come up often with people that I'm supporting and coaching. And I understand because a lot of us have had a story or a situation and circumstance where it hasn't felt good in the past. And so what we've done is we've decided that sales in general is icky. It makes us feel cornered. It's manipulative when actually it's not sales that does that. It was the person. And I think this is the biggest breakthrough I can offer people is to understand it's the person that created that feeling, that situation, that circumstance. It's not sales because there's a lot of people out there who do it with a soul-led intention like myself. And so I would not associate, nor would anybody associate me with that icky feeling or manipulation or cornering you and, and you know making you make a choice that's out of integrity. It's, it doesn't have to be that way. So I think as soon as we can realize that, that, oh, wait, it's not all sales. And as a matter of fact, I could probably think back about all the times that sales was really beautiful. Like the time I went to a restaurant and the server offered me this really beautiful dessert that I hadn't even thought of. But the fact that he or she offered that to me and I tried it, it's one of my favorite things to this day. So that wasn't icky. Or the time that you were trying something on in a store and the person was helping you with accessories and you found like your favorite pair of earrings that they had pointed out you never would have seen otherwise. That wasn't icky. So again, it's not all that feeling. It is the person, not sales. That's the first thing that I think is really important. Definitely. Yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense. And I think uh, even through my like therapy journey and breaking through like money mindset issues, I feel like if the salesperson also has those issues, they could be projecting a lot of that on you. Um, so it's just this like whole thing. And I think you're right. It is. It's it's time, money, and then sales. Like those are the top three things. People are like, I don't have time to do that. I don't have money to do that. And I don't want to do sales. Um, and I think just learning about yourself and all of that, it just becomes so much easier if you if you let it be, right? So um I'm sure we've all seen a lot of those like sleazy tactic tactics, right? <laughs> So what are your, what's your take on like sales funnels, right? Because we have like in-person like conversation sales, and then we also have sales funnels. And I think the funnels typically get the like bro marketing and like super sleazy tactics more than the in-person, but we've definitely probably we all experienced the other side of that too. So like, what's your take on sales funnels and, and how to do that with soul? Yes, this might be really an interesting conversation because I I don't have the popular opinion. As someone who has over 20 years of experience in marketing, I, I have a degree in marketing. There's a lot of people out in the online space teaching marketing tactics without really understanding a lot of marketing. It's like, I heard this once... And I'm going to turn it around and teach it to you when they don't really understand that it's a glimpse into a strategy or it's a strategy that worked and maybe we've outgrown. There's a lot of things in marketing that we outgrow quickly. And so sales funnels is an interesting conversation because it's very broad and it is very individualized. So who I'm working with, it may make total sense for them to have a PDF quiz, you know, that 
that someone fills out in order to build the reputation, the rapport with someone that makes total sense for the business where someone like myself, it doesn't make sense for me. What I do is pour out. I give through the podcast, which is free. I've been doing that for three years. It's a top rated podcast and it is because I give so much value for free. I have a magazine that is available for free that people can download and enjoy. I give in my content every single day on social media. I pour myself into adding value and building trust with people because they know and they can really come into my world with an empowered yes because of all that I give to them without any transaction other than them giving their time and their intention to listen or read or come over to social media and engage. So for me, the sales funnel gets to be about you really identifying how you can pour value out and your expertise out to build trust in order to make the sales process expedited. There are very few times, if any, I could I may, could probably even say that in that big statement, that I have to convince or discuss details with someone who wants to work with me. And the reason being is because I've given so much when they come into my world and want to work with me, they've already made that internal decision. They still have some questions, need some clarity, want to better understand what they're saying yes to. But it takes very little discussion because of that reputation I've built with them already. And that's soul-led sales. I treat people, one of the things I'm known for is I call my community and the world heartbeats. So I don't refer to people as followers because I don't believe they're actually following. I believe it's a conscientious decision to come over and click the follow button because they see something that adds value to their life. But I don't consider them my followers. I consider them a heartbeat within my community and I treat them that way. These are human beings. People are not transactions We all at the core of all of us, the essence of who we are, want to be in relationship, want to be connected and want to be loved on and pour love back out that period. There's no exception to that rule. So if we stop making everything so strategic all the time and like, how am I going to get them into how can I pour out to them and they can receive and the right ones will rise it takes so much pressure off and so much into me, like this wasted time and energy on constantly re-evaluating and redoing things into, I know what I know and I know what I have to teach and I can really confidently stand in that. So that is my purpose. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to do that every single day and be consistent so they know that I'm not going anywhere and I'm not a flash in the pan and I'm not doing this based on how I feel that day, whether I'm you know happy about my business or I'm feeling low in my business and I go dark. No, it's it's that consistency of leadership that allows people to come in and sales process shortens because again, they're gonna they're gonna know they're walking into that conversation with you with a knowing versus I think or I'm not sure or their guards up because they're they're fearful of what the conversation will even feel like for themselves. Yeah, no, those you hit on so many good points. So we have a lot of solopreneurs and newer business owners that listen. And I feel like what you said about stop making it so strategic and just pour into them is huge. But I also think that newer business owners, that's really hard for them to do if they have not nailed down ideal client, 
signature offer, what that full value is, that framework. So what kinds of tips would you give them to kind of like get those pieces in place so that this feels easier to just pour out into people? Because I think so Mm -hmm. many people get stuck on all these moving pieces. So they're just like, I'm going to try everything. I'm going to throw content out. I'm going to do Instagram reels and live. And and that was me years ago too, right? Like we've all done that. But what would you kind of give them tips on to kind of get those pieces in place so that this starts to become a little bit easier? Mm, And new businesses are my favorite. I love it. (laughs) I love the energy. I love the motion that's attached to a new business, like this fear, but excitement. It's just, oh, it's invigorating. So I I applaud anybody who's stepping into entrepreneurship or pivoting because sometimes it's not even that you're a new entrepreneur, but you're pivoting into something totally different. It's like one of my favorite things to jam on. So really great questions within that. And my simple advice, because it's not really a simple answer, right, right. <laughs> is because <laughs> there's lots to that, is to hone in on something specific to start. So what speaks to you initially? What are you really lit up about And you know, in terms of your business? Is it a coaching program that you can teach someone how to start a business? Is it a group coaching program on how to create productivity tools to streamline and automate your business? What is it right now? Start there and do it to be able to hone your skills, hone your messaging and see what speaks to your clients or potential clients. Because someone like myself who has six streams of income, people will look at me and be like, oh my gosh, like that's a lot. Well, I didn't start that way. Right. I didn't start that way. (laughs) You know, that, that, that wasn't the starting point. I didn't launch six businesses at once. It was, you know, through a lot of experience. Again, this is 17 years of growing in entrepreneurship. So you can't compare yourself to someone's chapter 17 when you're on chapter one, two, three. So I would really hone in on something specific, something that you feel would be a signature program that you can repurpose and put up on your website and use as residual passive income and use it as a sort of a beta option. And so what I mean by that is one of the things I love is to remove this idea that things have to be perfect and that we have to be perceived as perfect or we have it all together. One of my favorite things to do with new clients to say to them, go online and say, I have an idea. And my idea is this, actually, it's in my stories today. I know this is not in real time, but I do it in my stories often of like, I have this idea. Is anybody interested? I would love to pull together a small group of people and walk this through in real time with you. When I started my business, I did this often. So it took the pressure off of having to have everything set into place and have everything figured out and more of this discussion within my group programs. And people loved it because they knew, again, integrity is very important. They knew I was figuring this out in real time with them, that that was the purpose of this group. And so because I was very honest about that, people came in with that level of expectation and it just flourished and grew because something hit. Maybe it wasn't even what I thought it was going to be at first, but like soulful sales, for example, came from a program that I did, oh my gosh, three or four years ago. And one of the modules is about selling and everybody's jaws are on the, on their desk. They're like, what? (laughs) I don't have to cold DM people and go into Instagram jail and, you know, go and talk to someone I went to high school with. I don't have to do those things. And I was like, no. And as a matter of fact, I would really recommend that you don't. And because of that discussion, it led into soulful sales, which is one of my pillar, most profitable and reputable e-courses on my website. Yeah. 
No, it's amazing. So many, so many good points, right? Like the pivoting piece is real. I think everybody on that journey is pivoting a lot and really figuring out what works and what doesn't work and what they like and what they don't like. And um, I think we just have to enjoy the process, which I think a lot of people try to skip and you just can't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, You touched on the perfectionism piece. And I think, again, that goes back to, uh, I just started therapy last year and have been working through a lot of that type of stuff. And it has made a massive shift in my business because when I started, I was like, oh my gosh, everything has to be perfect and I can't sell it until it's done. And then I flipped it and did it the other way and it works so much better (laughs) and it wastes so much less time. Um, But I really, I just think entrepreneurship is such a like self-discovery journey and people just don't see it that way. So they want to skip over the process and you just cannot. So um, yeah, I think you touched on a lot of great points there. So, okay. In regards to the actual sales process, when you start having these conversations with people, what does that kind of look like for you? Do you do like proposals and follow-ups? Like what is the, like the tactical pieces attached to that? Mm-hmm. Great question. So first things first is I'm always in my DM. So I'm going to talk a little bit, if you don't mind, I'm going to yeah. answer this question with also some ethics and integrity so that it's always tying back into what I teach of like soul led sales. So first of all, it's unfortunate that there are a lot of people out there who are not in fact the person in the DMs, but pretending yeah. they have someone pretending to be them. Okay. That's unfortunate. And I, that's a real, there's a really easy fix to that. You know, if you are someone who has scaled a business to a level that is highly successful and doing DMs and responding in DMs does not speak to you, you don't get lit up by that, then just have someone say, Hey, this is Wit from Team Iconic. Um, and just identify yourself as a team member answering on behalf of the person. So yeah. I, I just want to put that there because this is soul led sales. This is it's the whole thing from start to finish is what creates foundation and trust. And so for me, that's just a, a quick cue. If you're not in the D, you have a VA or somebody answering on your behalf, let them identify themselves as your VA. There's nothing wrong with that. And as a matter of fact, it will build trust because someone knows you're not pretending or they don't feel that disconnect. Yeah. So because I am in my DMs, I choose to be. And yes, my DMs are full. It is it is the light. It's heartbeat of my business. So connecting with people in my DMs is one of my favorite things to do. Yes, it's time, but it's time that I feel is well spent because I'm understanding people constantly. I'm hearing the questions they're coming up with. I'm hearing what their setbacks are. I'm hearing their hesitations and reservations. I am building rapport. To me, that is never time wasted. And that is the most valuable time I think I can spend in my business because I am building something. And whether it turns into a sale or not, I'm not attached to the outcome. I'm more attached to the evolution of community relationships and people feeling like I am someone that's attainable and that they could talk to. So go in the DMs. And instead of thinking, how quickly can I come out of my business? One of the things I do very differently, it's like, how can I go deeper into my business? I look at things quite differently than a lot of what's being taught online. The other thing that I see online that's soul-led for me versus not is, you know, people saying, well, I shouldn't have to do sales calls. I want people who are just going to click a link and buy. Okay. I love it. I love the empowerment of that. I love that that is um, something that is readily available. And if it fits your personality and that fits your business, perfect. I would never stand in the way of something that's working for someone. However, most of us, 
most of us are not in the position to just send links and disempower people or shame people because they have questions, because they want to understand the investment they're making, because they want to be sure of the the energy and, and how we jive. I can't do that. I cannot shame people for wanting to ask questions for an investment they're trying to make. I don't go buy my car. Just bought a a new Mercedes. I didn't just say, send me the link to buy the car. I went in, (laughs) I looked at it. I asked questions. What about this? And nobody made me feel shameful. Instead, they, they gave me great customer experience, customer experience. That's our job. We're service-based businesses. And, and thing about you can probably hear the passion in my voice but this is what i mean by soul led sales we're leading by our soul not in our minds and our heads but from our hearts and not going oh she said i can just send a link and only going to work with people who click a link what about all the people who just have a simple question that they need answered why are you closing yourself off to that it's it's to me a little strange and then as well the biggest thing with soul led sales is okay let's say we got on a call and we discuss and you say yes I treat you the same way I treated you to get in the door as I do through my entire time with you and also when you exit, when you graduate, when you feel complete. So it's not a transaction. And so many people do this. They get the yes. And what do they do? They sit back. They relax. They you know, just take some things for granted. Like I've got this person in my program. Well, the program itself is the most, and like the experience of you is the most potent part at all because it's what creates lifelong clients. My private clients have been with me for years. I have people in my mastermind for years. And the reason they do that is because they have felt seen, heard, and felt from the time we started in the DMs all the way through. And I have tons of clients come back and purchase again and, and want to be in relationship again. Why? Because when they felt they were complete, I didn't leave them out to like hang them out yeah. to dry. Yeah. I continued that discussion and stayed in the DMs with them and asked how they were doing and kept that door open. So again, I see so many entrepreneurs slam on the door. It's like when a person exits, it's almost like it's some reflection upon ourselves. Like they owe us something else. They don't owe you anything. As a matter of fact, you owe them the grace and gratitude of that time spent so that they feel like they always have a place in your world. Yeah, no, that's huge. And I think that this is where systems and processes come into play so much is having that onboarding process that includes giving gifts and sending thank yous and having that offboarding process that does the same, right? Because if you don't have those things in place and have checklists to do this, it makes it really easy to just move on to the next one. And I think that's what a lot of people run into because they're in this like feast or famine mode because they've done that. Um, so yeah, you made a ton of amazing points there because it is, it's, you've got to get on sales calls with people if they have questions and it's got to be something that works for both of you, because I'm sure you've probably had this in your 17 years, clients that maybe didn't jive and had to kind of part ways, right? Like I've had that a couple of times and have learned from it and have improved things. And the sales call is huge because it makes sure that it's going to work for everybody and that you can answer all the questions they have before they invest with you. Absolutely. Yeah. It's for either side of the equation. It's nothing but building again, rapport and certainty and empowerment. Because I always say to everybody coming into my world, 
I want an empowered yes. That empowered yes will have tentacles into fear and scarcity and yep. what ifs because that's the human experience. So we're let's just own that. That's going to be there. Anytime we stretch ourselves, we're going to have those feelings. It's the sure sign as the sort of aftermath and of making a big decision. And so rather than let that hold us back, we just kind of recognize it as long as it feels good in your body. You're like, I must, I'm so afraid this is, you know, this is well beyond what I expected of myself, but I'm going to step into this. There's something so powerful about that kind of yes, because when you say yes to an investment, whether it be in productivity, in a VA, an OBM, a business coach, a life coach, whatever that, that relationship is, when you do that, what you've done is affirmed energetically that you believe enough in yourself to see this through. It's the biggest sort of sign you could put out there of, I believe, I believe. (laughs) And so I'm going to say yes to this, even though I'm afraid, even though I'm not sure, even though, you know, I I don't know what's going to happen, but I trust myself enough to follow through on this. I trust myself enough to make this investment because I believe in what I'm doing and what I see in my vision. Yeah. No, it's huge. I actually just went through an experience in that way. Um, I brought on a CMO, so marketing people to help implement some marketing things, right? And um, biggest investment to date. And when I was on the phone with her, it was like a full body yes. Like, oh my gosh, I am all in. It's terrifying, but like, let's do this. Um, and then of course I had some questions and and everything when the contract and that sort of thing came. But uh, again, they walked me through everything. They answered all the questions. They offered to get on another call. Like all of these things happened, but like it was an all in yes. But then my head is like, but wait, what about, what about, what about? I'm scared. Like, so I think people, even though it isn't an, an all full body, yes, sometimes you still have that stuff come up. Right. And that's the stuff that you've got to walk your clients through when you're going through that process with them. So yeah, I just experienced this. It's It's real. <laughs> Yes, it is. Yeah, yes, it I, is. I love that. I love that. So, with the money piece, I feel like this is probably the biggest thing a lot of people have stress around is like money objections. Like, what tips do you have from like a soul led sales point of view to kind of deal with those money objections when they come up? Um, because, like I said, I said it was all yes, I was all in, but still, I was like, oh, that's so much money. Like, I was still hesitant about that. Now at the end, I said yes, completely. But like, I know there's a lot of people that have money objections. That's one of the biggest things. So what kind of tips do you have for people when they have potential clients that object on that side? Mm -hmm, Great. So one of the things is we need to understand money a little bit more in terms of the buyer. So let's put ourselves back in the person's shoes because... If we're looking at this through the lens of this is going to increase my revenue, or I'm going to be able to have balloons and say I had a hundred thousand dollar month and put it up on social media or whatever that ego driven. <laughs> I have a lot to say about that. So I'm going to yeah. hold, hold tight for a second because I know we're talking more about the client, but yeah. when it's ego driven or self serving, that's when we can really go into some not pretty places and can do some things that are manipulative and really hurt people like manipulating them into spending more than they actually can afford. Um, you know, manipulating somebody into shame that if you really want success, you would, you know, you would invest in this and like these tactics that are used to coerce somebody into a yes and an investment. We got to be so careful when we're in this point of the sale, when someone is 
really evaluating and, and really kind of opening themselves up. It's so vulnerable because a lot of things come forward, their money wounds, the, all the voices of you were bad at, you're bad at money, you have debt, you shouldn't, you're hurting your family, you're taking like yep. all this stuff comes pouring in. And I don't believe there's many people I would, I would even want to say all people will have that to some extent. Yeah. A lot of us who have done work, we, you know, we hear it and we work through it quickly. And then there's the people who literally drown in this narrative in their minds. Holding space is a gift. And a lot of people don't know how to do that. People are like, what do you mean holding space? It's just literally holding space, allowing them to go through the process, honoring the process remembering that when they say yes, and they feel good about it, they're bringing happy money into your business. So I talk about sad money and happy money. I don't want sad money in my business. I don't want people who are literally wondering how they're going to pay their, their bills because they've invested in me. I have no interest in that. That's not happy money. That's sad money. You know, the regretful for their decision, not interested in that, that sad money that has energy. I don't want it in my world. I want happy money. Still. I know people when they pay me, they still go, I know, I know because (laughs) I still invest and have those eeky moments when I have to pay monthly. I get it. Um, But it's the same time I'm still happy to. So in their process, the biggest thing to hold space for is to help them identify, do they see the value in this investment? If they see a value in this investment, they're more likely to make an empowered yes and to feel good about that decision. What is the ROI? And I think sometimes we we do two, we go to two sides of the equation. We swing the pendulum. We either go way over here where we're like, oh, I guarantee you're gonna have a hundred thousand dollar month and four days with me. Yeah. And that is very scary. Um, I have done this for 17 years and maybe you even do that, but holding that would be a totally different story. Does that person know how to teach you how to sustain that kind of growth? I don't know. Questions to ask. Um, So for me, these big, grandiose guarantees, (laughs) be careful. And then we have this pendulum swung the other way where we don't hold space and we're so nervous about making a sale and like the feeling maybe that the person isn't entirely sure that we, we lean back, we don't lean forward and hold that energy for the person. Instead, we start to cower like, oh, maybe my prices are too high. Maybe I should give them a discount. Maybe I should. And so all this starts to happen. And all we're doing is perpetuating this person's fears. And this person's money wounds. There's a lot of leadership in this space, a lot. And so I would recommend that you share about what is the value for you if you do this, like turn it back onto them. You know, I'd say like, Brittany, if you end up coming into this mastermind with me, you know, what really do you want desire at the end of this? What would be for you an incredible outcome that would make this a great investment? Well, Jen, you know what? If I could just scale my business to this, or if I could grow a team and you could teach me how to lead a team, that would be amazing. Or if you could just help me with the foundational parts of marketing and like how to brand and market myself, if I knew that or if I had a process or whatever it may be, that would feel really good. Then you can hold them and say, well, I know that I can teach you that. I know that that will be something you will be able to have and hold as a result. And so the value for you is that, and the investment is this. Does that feel like a great exchange for you? Does that feel good? And 
talking them through and asking questions is a great way to honor somebody versus, you know, shaming them into making a purchase without them really asking themselves these questions. Yeah, no, that's huge. I actually, so I do that within my sales process, but also at the beginning of a project, I lay out the expectations and I'm like, this is what we've signed up to do. If we get to the end of this, like, what do you expect this end outcome to be? So it's, it's reiterating that even more so that we're both on the same page. Everybody knows exactly what's going down. There's no surprises. (laughs) So I think that's huge throughout the entire client process, the sales process, the actual project or work that you're doing and and offboarding and everything. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this is amazing. So um, obviously, this is a productivity podcast. I would love if you would give us maybe your favorite productivity hack here as we kind of wrap up. Um, like, how do you... You've got a lot of stuff, right? You've all these businesses, all these amazing clients and students. Like, how do you get stuff done? You've got kids at home. Everybody's got everything <laughs> happening here. <laughs> how do you get yeah. things done? <laughs> yeah. And well, it's just probably the number one question I get asked. You're a mom of four. You have six streams of income, yep. you know, multi seven figure <laughs> businesses. What in the world? <laughs> and here's my very concrete answer to this is for so long, I was a solopreneur feeling like I should be doing it all. And then I wore that as a badge of honor as like, I'm doing all of this and I'm so exhausted. And I would blame my husband. You're not doing enough to help me. And I would be resentful of my kids or I'd be resentful of my business. And it was just like, what was I even doing? But I wore it like a badge of honor. I was stuck in this victim (laughs) martyrism mentality of like, I'm doing it all. And I I can tell you, Brittany, like I, that was a good decade. Okay. A good decade of doing that. And, and I did it so it can be done, but I wasn't necessarily peaceful, happy, fulfilled. I wasn't giving my best to my family and my business because I was always in conflict or feeling stretched. I remember my dad saying this to me once. It was such a great analogy. I'll share it. He said he was worried about me. He said, you, you feel like an elastic band and you know, when you pull an elastic band and stretch it, stretch it, stretch it, two things are going to happen. Either it's going to snap or when it comes back, it will never come back to its former shape because it's been stretched too much. And I remember him saying that to me and being such an important pivotal moment for me. I've actually never even shared that story. So wow. there's the first time I've, I've shared it, but it was such an important story for me because I, I could relate to it. And I knew, I knew internally it was one of the two things. Like I was at that point. Yeah. And so hiring a team before I was ready, hiring experts like a VA, an OBM, um, a business coach, a financial advisor, having these people in your corner doing the things that they know how to do in a really expedited, great way was the best decision as soon as I did it. So it was really fast. I was aching to hit seven figures. And I had been working for, at this point, I think it was 12 years and multi, multi six figures consistently. It was an incredible business. I was doing very, very well, but I felt like I was capped, but it was because I was doing it all myself, like just hindsight. (laughs) Um, I, I just couldn't figure it out. I was like, I am dying on the treadmill here. What am I doing wrong? I'm doing all the things right. As soon as I hired someone and I hired them before I was ready, I couldn't quote unquote afford them. And it was so scary for me because I was now responsible for someone else financially. Like I knew they, that income was supporting their family. It was a big, scary, audacious move within months of hiring an OBM. I hit seven figures. It wasn't years. It was months because the ceiling, I was literally 
Like it was so thin that that moved to seven figures, but it was because I needed support. I needed someone who could look at the gaps and cracks of my business and fill them with systems, automation, workflows. And that isn't the best use of my time as someone who is a mentor. My Nobody can coach and mentor. (laughs) I have to do that. So delegating and offloading some of these things was the most important thing I ever did. It's why I opened the agency is because you know, I, I see these solopreneurs scrambling. It's like the road runner, right? Like they're just, their, their legs are going so fast and they desperately want to create success and they're doing it all on their own. They're trying to learn how to do a website and then learn how to do branding and then learn how to do marketing and learn how to do sales. And most of them have never done any of this before in their lifetime. And so to ask yourself to be an expert in all these things, what are we asking of ourselves? Like, is that even fair? There are people out there who can support you in these things. So my biggest productivity hack is to hire and hire before you're ready because the return on investment in that is tenfold for your peace, your fulfillment, to have a team and that kind of leadership, and also to have the space to really shine and do the things that only you can do. Yeah. No, it's amazing. You said so many good things. I actually, I just did a talk and had talked about the busy badge of honor and how so many people are like, I'm busy. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, great. But like, are we making progress? Are you happy? Probably not because you're busy all the time. So that that is definitely huge. And again, goes back to that like self-improvement journey, right? Because I also talked about how you've got to be ready for white space on your calendar. Because when I started to put that on, I still had things I needed to deal with and I wasn't okay with white space. So I would constantly fill it. So again, it's you've still got to like work through that personal, personal development stuff. So so it's, it's an interesting journey. It's not one that happens overnight ever, <laughs> but I love that. Um, okay, cool. We're going to wrap up, but I know everybody's going to want to hear more. So where can people find you? Uh, resources, like where can they go to come and follow? Well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed this conversation. And I'm hoping that this conversation edifies what you teach through productivity and ways to systemize your business. Then to pour soul on top of that or to lead through soul is divine. So I'm really hopeful that this conversation supports that. Um, the the place I love to play is Instagram. I am a visual. I went to school for fashion and I did marketing for my entire career. So to curate beautiful things is one of my creative expressions. So I love to be on Instagram because of that. It's just becoming iconic. Um, There is a free digital magazine. The magazine has gone viral. It's uber supportive to entrepreneurs. Think of it like Forbes meets Vogue. So it has business information, language, teachings, gurus, and then also a lifestyle component where it talks about beauty and fashion and where to go and travel and all the things. So it's really this like vision caster for entrepreneurs. So that's available. There's the digital's free. You can subscribe and have the hard copy sent to you as well. It has its own Instagram becoming iconic magazine. And of course, the website becoming iconic. I mean, it's all pretty simple to find me. The only thing with the website is it's .co.co. And uh, the podcast is obviously available as well. Lots of freebies. So again, I'm practicing what I preach and being able to offer a lot of who I am and what I have to share that's readily available. 
I love that. I love that. Yeah, no, I love your, your branding and your Instagram. It's so pretty. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm definitely going to have to go subscribe to the magazine. If like business and travel all together, like, yes, please. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's, it, I'm really proud of it. It's, it's really quite something. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on such a great conversation. And I'm sure our listeners are going to get tons out of this. Um, everybody make sure you go and follow Jen and you know where to find us. If you have any questions or anything, um, obviously you want to check out our days by design private podcast as well. So b.link forward slash, uh, days by design. You can listen to that seven minute, seven episodes, and basically it runs you through our entire process. So, um, again, thank you so much for coming on. This is amazing. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll see you guys next time.